Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job, the skills you bring to work. And Career Builder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits, jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. People say, and they have been repeating this for ages, that you'll never know for sure whether your life is good or bad until it ends in death. That's the human way. Oh yes, hello, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby, and I am that host of yours, Liv. Well, 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 what do we have here? Is it another Greek tragedy? But this time, about Heracles, or rather really about his wife whose first lines I quoted at the top of this episode. Yes, that's right, today's episode is not only another Greek tragedy, some of my all-time favorite content to work for, but it's also a continuation on the Heracles series we've been covering the last couple of weeks. It's all been leading up to this. This is a big one. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. First, a huge thank you to Ash Strain, my resident Greek tragedy researcher. Ash is wonderful and has provided amazing notes for me, as always. Still, on a much less exciting and upbeat note, there are some things going on in the world that I want to mention or bring your attention to. First, early on Thursday, Texas announced a law that is just 
horrifying. It's beyond the pale. It's basically intending to get trans people killed and the people who help them imprisoned. It's dystopian. It's fucked. And I hope all my American listeners get loud and angry. And then, well, later on Thursday, or I suppose early Friday for Europe, Russia invaded Ukraine, and I just, I don't want to make it sound like I know anything about what it would be like to have your country invaded in the middle of the night, or what it's like to experience war at all. Many other countries beyond Ukraine are faced with similar horrors, but right now Ukraine's is the loudest. So to my Ukrainian listeners know that we're all with you, all rooting for you, and in awe of you as you defend your country. And to my Russian listeners, too, many of us know that this is not all of your war. It's Putin's war, and that man doesn't speak for all Russians. But fortunately, this show is also here as an escape from the world's horrors. Kind of. Uh, Unfortunately, this was already written and planned before the invasion on Thursday, but it does contain specific references to war and its ancient horrors. So trigger warning, as it might be particularly tough to stomach for some. I won't be going into details, it isn't graphic, and it isn't about a war itself, just the after effects. So let's try to escape back into the mythological world of Heracles and all his many, many flaws diving right into this play by Sophocles. Because look at me finally covering a play by Sophocles that isn't the Oedipus trilogy or that I covered so, so, so long ago. Sophocles deserves it. Today's play begins where we left off on Heracles and Dianera's story last week. As I mentioned then, we return to Heracles and Dianera many years after they were first married, when Heracles killed Nessos for trying or succeeding to assault Dianera, many years after Nessos told Dianera with whispered instructions that his own blood would be a powerful love potion, should she ever need it. Many years since Dianera tucked that knowledge away, along with some of Nessos's blood, eh, quite possibly mixed with his centaur semen. So many years down the line that, as I told you, Heracles and Dianera have a son who's nearly grown, Hylos, and they live together in the region of Trachis. In fact, according to some dialogue in the play, it seems they actually have many sons, but it's only Hylos we're concerned with. The Trachinii, or the women of Trachis, is one of Sophocles' less famous, though certainly no less brilliant plays. Poor Sophocles often gets left in the dirt by me, and not because he wasn't brilliant, but just because I fucking love Euripides. Still, the last play I covered was Aeschylus, and now we're moving on to Sophocles. It's only fair that I give these other two playwrights their due. Where would we be without these three surviving tragedians? Thank the gods their work survived, even if the work of so, so, so many others did not. Like many Greek tragedies, this play is named for its chorus, the Trachinii, these women of Trachis. Trachis was on the mainland of Greece, west of Thermopylae, north of Delphi, so the internet tells me. There, Heracles and his wife Dianera have settled down to start a family. They had their son, Hylos, not to be confused with Hylas, Heracles' boyfriend in the Argonautica, but also, I mean, is it a coincidence? Someone with better knowledge of ancient Greek, philology, and etymology might have a a good reason one way or the other. I will simply explain that Hylos, the name of his son, 
is spelled very vaguely differently from Hylas, the name of his boyfriend who died at the hands of nymphs. Still, the point is, Heracles and Dianera settled down in Trachis after the events with Nessos, the centaur, and the winning of Dianera's hand in marriage, a phrase I truly loathe and yet is often necessary in these stories. They settled down, raised Hylos, and, one would hope, had a happy enough marriage. This is episode 157, with a husband like Heracles, the tragedy of Dianera. The opening lines of this play, spoken by Dianera, are so beautiful and brilliant that I'm going to share them again. Quote, People say, and they have been repeating this for ages, that you'll never know for sure whether your life is good or bad until it ends in death. That's the human way. What a way to open the play, to set the scene, the tone, to say, hey, this is a fucking tragedy you're about to watch. There are no Aristophanian frogs to be found around here. Dianera continues her opening monologue by explaining that while this may be true for many, it isn't true for her. She doesn't need her own death to tell her whether she's had a good or bad life. She knows already. She recounts why, from a very early age, she knew her life was going to be difficult. It's powerful and very much a statement on the lives of women, then, though I can't say for sure Sophocles really intended it to be. She tells the audience about her experience being sought after by the river god Achilles. We get her own voice explaining how it went, how she felt about it in the moment. I wanted to make a point last week of not using Dianera's words when discussing it, because so much of this play is about rehashing it through her voice, and that's so much more powerful once you already know the basics of the events. She says that, quote, I was solicited by a river called Achilles. He came in three forms to ask for me from my father. He kept showing up as a bull, but at other times a snake, or he'd wear a man's belly and a bull's face. His beard was a dark tangle, spurting out torrents of fresh water. Imagine there's a man trying to marry you. You don't get much of a say in the matter. It's down to your father's decision and whether this man can convince him. Except this man is sometimes a bull, sometimes a snake, or sometimes a man-bull in the creepiest of ways. And you just have to deal. So, Dianera says, she prayed for death rather than marriage to Achilles. But then, Heracles arrived. Heracles arrived. He was famous and exciting, and he defeated this river. Dianera would marry him instead. She says that she doesn't know how he defeated the river. She was too afraid to watch it happen. Only that, quote, I was terror-stricken. I was afraid that my beauty would someday be a source of pain. But of course, Dianera isn't telling the audience that after she married Heracles, everything got better. 
No, she's explaining how she's always known that her life is, in a word, shit. She explains that from the moment she married Heracles, things have been tough. She was afraid, always for him and of him. There was constant anxiety and pain that would overtake her one night and be gone the next, only to return once more. She lived in a constant state of worry, whether this is because she loves him and worries for him or is concerned for what he's doing when he's not with her, which we'll get to. We just learn how she feels, and she doesn't feel good. Heracles is gone. He's not there with her in Trachis, where he, they've been living as guests of others because of Heracles' murder of Iphitus. She's living there, caught in a sort of lifelong limbo. Meanwhile, she has no idea where her husband is. He left, for some reason or another, and he hasn't come back. He hasn't come back, and she has no idea where she, he is. So she just lives like that in between everything, wondering if her husband is alive or dead, whether he's coming home to her or has found someone else. She just has no idea what's going on. Quote, We have been here in Trachis, uprooted, staying as guests of a foreigner, while he is living no one knows where. All I know is the pain that he hit me with when he went away. Dianera finishes her opening monologue. It's sad and beautiful and, frankly, just nice to have a woman open a play with a whole monologue about herself. If also about how depressed she is to have her husband away, possibly being sleazy. Dianera finishes and her servant, an unnamed enslaved woman who's there with her, comments on how sad Dianera is that Heracles is away and that he's been away for so long that they don't know when he's coming back or what he's been doing all the time. She suggests Dianera send one of their sons, the obvious choice being Hylos, to find his father. And luck of lucks, it just happens that Hylos is approaching them at that moment. What a coincidence. Or fine, it's a play, so of course it would go that way. Still, Hylos is right there the moment this idea is presented to Dianera, and so she asks him to go in search of his father, Heracles. In fact, she's a bit of a bitch about it, basically saying that, oh, can you believe it? This woman is enslaved, but she had a great idea. It's amazing that enslaved people can think like free people. Like, oof, Dianera. I want to like you, so let's not keep up with things like that. Dianera tells Hylos to go looking for his father, but Hylos already knows where he is, provided, he says, that the stories he's heard are true. Which is where I break off to explain the first issue in an ongoing Heraclean issue of messy timelines. Now, as I explained, perhaps too often, last week and the week before, Heracles' story is confusing, to say the least, and fragmentary. This is one of our best and most complete sources for much of it, and it's somewhat contradictory to others. Only though in terms of, like, when certain things took place, or rather the issue is more so that the stories are independent, and it's only in this play that we have to rationalize any kind of time frame for Heracles' actions. 
the timeline itself will become clear, but for now, it's just... Well, it's messy, because as always, we're dealing with oral traditions and regional traditions surrounding the most important and widespread hero of the Greek mythological world. But for now, as far as Dianera knows, so far, his service to Amphale in penance for killing Iphitus, that has yet to happen. The killing of Iphitus has happened, that's why they're living in Trachis. Hylos goes on to tell his mother that not only does he know where his father Heracles has been all of this time, but in fact he's heard that the hero of heroes has been off in Lydia, living in service to a woman. Now, Hylos doesn't actually name Amphale here, or even say that she's the queen. She's just a Lydian woman. But we know better. Hylos goes on, telling his mother that while that's where Heracles was, he's gotten away from Amphale and is no longer living in or enslaved by her. Well, where the fuck is he now? Is a paraphrase of Dianera's response. She is unsurprisingly both frustrated and shocked by this news that her son not only knows where his father is and has been all this time, but if Heracles isn't enslaved by Amphale, then why in the actual fuck is he not back home with his family, who are themselves still living under the shadow of the man he murdered? Oh, well, about that. Hylos doesn't say, but we wish he did. No, he only adds that Heracles is no longer in Lydia. Actually, he's just over in Euboea, pretty damn close by, where he's actually gone to war with the king, Eurytus. What? Dianera is in shock. She doesn't want to believe her son and this news about her husband. I mean, why? Why is he warring with Eurytus? Why is he so close by and isn't home? Still, the main thing that stands out to Dianera when she hears this news from her son. Heracles had told her of Acalia, where this king Eurytus is. Not only had he mentioned the place to her, but when he left all that time ago, he left her with a prophecy from the oracle. Surprise, surprise, it's a vague one. Dianera tells Hylos that his father left her with this prophecy relating to Ecalia, and that it said, quote, It would mean either the total end of his life, or else, once he'd taken this prize, from then on he'd be able to live the rest of his life in happiness. Vague, indeed. With this news, Hylos is certain that he will go in search of his father. He adds that he's not particularly worried because Heracles has always had good luck. But now that he knows that there is such a specific, if contradictory, prophecy relating to Heracles in Ecalia, he will go immediately. So with that, Hylos leaves for Ecalia, and the chorus of women of Trachis begin to sing. They sing of Heracles, asking Helios, the sun god who sees all, to provide news of the hero. They sing of Dianera, sick with sadness and anxiety, her constant and overpowering worry for Heracles' safety. Dianera is, from the very beginning, a tragic figure. 
we get the clear sense that she is not happy. She hasn't been happy, and it's only going to get worse from here. Having a husband like Heracles doesn't seem ideal, but for Dianera, it also feels like she's got maybe some undiagnosed slash literally impossible to be diagnosed because she's ancient and mythological anxiety disorder. And maybe some depression, too. Poor woman has some real unaddressed mental health issues. Not to say that she doesn't have things to worry about, but it feels like it goes beyond just worries and concerns. I feel for her. Still, this chorus tries to reassure Dianera and tell her that she can't just worry forever. Zeus will care for Heracles. All will be well in the end. They tell her, quote, The bright stars do not linger over mortals in the night. Both poverty and wealth shall fade away. They move in turn, joy and loss, arriving at the same door. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60 day money back guarantee. All of that available at meaningfulbeauty.com. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job, the skills you bring to work. And Career Builder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits, jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Why do I ever think that I can tell plays briefly? 
I did this lead up to Heracles episodes and everything. Anyway, we're 150 lines into this play. Let's keep going. Once the chorus of women has tried to reassure Dianera to alleviate her concerns over her and her husband's fates, she explains to them why exactly she finds this time so much more worrying. And she provides some insights into life as a mythological woman or a woman in general. It's so real. She says, quote, A young and tender thing grows in its own space, a space as tender as itself, where neither heat of sun nor rain nor wind beats it down. There it rises joyfully, its life untroubled. Up to a point. Once a girl is called a wife, she gets her share of worry in the night. She is fearful for her man or for her children. Then she'd understand. And with her own life in mind, she'd appreciate the weight of trouble that I bear. Heracles had left Dianera before, to complete labors, to do his varied Heraclean tasks, and he'd never troubled himself much with it. He'd never worried her or was worried himself. He always knew he'd slither out of trouble, solve his problems one way or another, and find his way back to Dianera before long. But this time? This time, Dianera says, when he left, he left her with these prophecies, as well as details on how she would live without him, how much of his property she should have, what land. And then he told her very specifically, quote, He specified a time, wait three months and one year of his life after he left this land, then he was due to die at precisely that time, unless he had slipped past the end of the term, in which case he'd live the rest of his life in comfort. So vague, so confusing. She adds that Heracles knows so much because long ago he'd spoken with the oracle at Dodona, who had told him all he needed to know. This is why I'm so much more worried, Dianera says. This is why I can't let it go. She finishes by saying, quote, That's why I keep leaping up from a pleasant sleep. I am tormented by fears. Will I have to stay on after the best man of all has died? Be left behind? I am quoting too often and have barely gotten into this play, but it's so good. Dianera is so great. I love Greek tragedy. The chorus shushes Dianera at that moment. There's a man approaching them, a messenger, and he's bringing good news. The man reaches Dianera and the chorus, and he tells them that Heracles is alive that he's won his battle and he's bringing his winnings home with him right now. In fact, the messenger and many others so far in this play refer to Heracles as Alcmene's son rather than Zeus's. Ash noted this in their notes, and I think it's interesting too. I think often the heroes are referred to in this way. I don't know if it's to remind people of their mortality, referring to the mortal mothers rather than the godfathers, but still it's nice. Good for Alcmini. Dianera hears this news and she wants to be happy, but she isn't ready. 
Where did you hear this from? She asks the messenger. Was it a foreigner who told you? That, of course, would mean it's less convincing news. The messenger says he heard it from a herald, Heracles's herald, and that he's headed straight for Trachis to tell Dianera what he'd heard. Still, Dianera isn't ready. Well, if it's good news, then where is this herald you heard it from? Where is Heracles? She asks. Why aren't they here bringing this good news? The messenger explains that a herald is on his way. He's been waylaid by groups of excited people, all asking for news, asking him to tell the tale of Heracles' battle, his victory. He's on his way, the messenger promises Dianera. And this, this is what it finally takes to convince her to become excited that Heracles could really be coming home. Dianera calls to the chorus in celebration, and they in turn call to everyone around them, all to celebrate the return of Heracles. It's big news, it's a big day, he's finally, finally coming home after all that time. It's good news. Ha ha ha, not really. Finally, the herald himself arrives. He arrives while the chorus is singing their happy song, their praise. They're almost bacchic with their happiness, driven to dance. But while they dance and sing with excitement, the herald arrives, and he doesn't arrive alone. With him are captives, women, a number of them. But one stands out. The Herald of Heracles brings with him a particular captive from this war with Eurytus. He brings Iole, Eurytus's daughter. If Dianera clocks this, she doesn't show it. She wants to speak with the Herald to get news of Heracles. When speaking to him, Dianera seems less certain about this news of her husband, though the celebrations have already begun. She asks the herald for this news, and once again chides the lateness for such good news. She asks him bluntly, Is Heracles coming home alive? The herald, a man named Lycas, tells her that when he last saw Heracles, he was alive and well, strong, with no wounds or diseases. Where was this? Dianera counters. On Eubea, he tells her, on a cape where he's worshipping to Zeus in thanks for his success in this war. Is he doing this by choice? Has he vowed to stay behind in this way? Or was he required by an oracle? She asks. Basically getting to, why is he not back yet? He made a vow to do it, that he would worship in this way once he'd taken Eurytus's land, taken captive these women that I've brought with me, the herald tells her. Yes, these women... Dianera notes now. Who are they? She adds, quote, I pity them, or have their troubles stolen my wits. These captives, these women were handpicked by Heracles, Lycus tells her, hand-selected for enslavement when he'd sacked their city, the horrors of ancient war. Dianera isn't concerned with these women, though. 
She's still more concerned with where her husband is and where he has been for all this time. She asks this of Lycas. Is this where he's been all this time? With all these delays? He's been, he spent the whole time besieging this city of Icalia? Lycas responds, No. Ah, nerds, thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, with these tragedies, I'm working off a number of different translations. It's how I get around not knowing ancient Greek, though that is a travesty. For today's episode, in fact, Ash referred to two different translations in their notes, and I've referred to another. I'm not going to name them all here, but you can find a list of the different translations we referred to in the episode's description. All quotes are from the Minek translation that was so generously recommended by past guests and Sophocles lover Amy Pistone, who, spoilies, will absolutely be joining me to talk Sophocles and all things Trichinii very soon. Well, you all know how much I love Greek tragedies. They're such a fascinating way of looking at myths, because of course they are themselves based on myths, but often we don't have a ton of sourcing on the myth they're based on and have to frame our own knowledge of the myth based on this tragedy. But tragedies are in themselves fiction, just like movies, even if they're based on true stories, are fictionalized. It's tough to say how much of this applies to this particular play, but in general, it's an interesting thing to think about when it comes to tragedies broadly. It's like basing all of our knowledge of, say, history on, like, one historical fiction adaptation movie. It's just wild. Like, Medea, you know, Euripides added the bit about her killing her kids. Like, that's not in the myths that we know of, separate from Euripides. What a change! And Oedipus, like, what we have on him primarily comes from Sophocles' plays. But we know for a fact that his story was a huge and major myth of the time. It was a subject of a major epic poem, but that's lost. But what isn't then lost is a much later Roman period epic based on it? Ugh! Anyway, I'm rambling, as always, because I just start thinking about this stuff, and then my brain goes wild because there's so much to think about. Phew. Back next week with more of Sophocles' Trachinii, the tragedy of Dianera, and Heracles too, I guess. Let's Talk About Myths, Baby is written and produced by me, Liv Albert. Michaela Smith runs a YouTube account where episodes are uploaded and captions are being added for greater accessibility. Michaela also handles research, wonder, promotional images, and so, so much more, including general moral support. And God's know, that's huge. The podcast is hosted and monetized by the fine folk at Acast. And again, get loud, people of Texas and America generally, and stay safe and strong, people of Ukraine. I wanted to address this at least a little bit because it's going on in the world and I, I do try to address, especially the thing in Texas, it's just fucked up and, you know, trans people need our help and support and and that's something I can do by spreading the word. Obviously, when it comes to Ukraine, gods, everybody already knows what's going on because it's horrifying and it's in the news everywhere and I just, thank you all. Let's all do our part to support Ukraine and the Ukrainian people in whatever way that we can. As well as every country dealing with something similar, war in any way, 
This one is the loudest, but these issues worldwide should be our concern. I am Liv, and I love this shit. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job, the skills you bring to work. And Career Builder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits, jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter.